Days, episode 116 from the Las Vegas Review Journal, brought to you by Blue Wire. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and with me, as always, my fantastic co-host, Lucas Egan. Lucas, how have you been, my friend? How was your weekend, brother? My weekend was good. I went out to a uh, a little uh, Japanese festival on Saturday with my girlfriend. Nice. Uh, had some good food, saw some good performances. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, my intention was fully to jump into Kirby. I'm not gonna lie, I jumped right back into Pokemon and <laughs> kind of just got lost <laughs> in that again. <laughs> so this week, this week is Kirby week. I can I can feel it in my gut this time. <laughs> Ryan, it, it is a quick playthrough, right? It, so, I think like I think uh, it's only like to finish the game from start to finish is like only nine hours, but like to complete it one hundred percent is like uh, I think it's like about twenty three hours or something like that. Yeah, yeah, in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just get lost wandering around. I'm, I'm gonna move on this week. I'm gonna move on. There's too many other games to get to. <laughs> Ryan, I hope you are uh, completely feeling better. How was your weekend? Yeah, no, I'm feeling I'm feeling a thousand times better than I was. Still have a little bit of congestion, but luckily it was just a little bug. I think I got from the girls. Uh, I know that there was something going around school, so I'm feeling much better. And I took the opportunity to chill out this weekend. I really didn't do much of of anything. I played a little bit of games, but even then, I didn't play too many games there was the uh, uh the final four uh was this past weekend and then obviously the championship game was uh monday night and unfortunately i'm a tar heels fan and we did not get that dub we did not bring home that championship however it was a hard-fought battle all the kudos to kansas uh coming back from a 15 point deficit at halftime is absolutely incredible so it was an amazing game the 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 kids played hard so it, it, it was just fun seeing them in that and i know a lot of people didn't expect them to to go that far so any you know it, it was just it was just a fun ride and and it was a lot of fun to watch them but other than that though it was uh pretty chill enough about us though uh we want to introduce you to our guests one of the co-founders of yellow cake games jorm walters i know that 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 we talked about your name that's uh I, I did the best i could how you doing my friend how was your weekend i'm doing good yeah my weekend was uh was great i can't remember most of it because it was like pre-launch and uh, there was a bit of hustle going on but uh no it was good um and, and yes. the pronunci pronunciation is is it's great like <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> hey. <laughs> i will take it and we're gonna get to uh uh to dashing dodgems here in a second but first we've got to talk about the news and boy oh boy did we have some spicy news because e3 has now officially announced that they are canceling the digital only aspect uh for this year and you know it, it was it, it was kind of shocking to me, uh, to be honest. I know that they had, I know 2020, they didn't do a, uh, they didn't do anything at all. Uh, obviously, we went into the pandemic. Everybody was scrambling around. There just wasn't enough time. Uh, last year, they did a digital only. And for me personally, it was a little underwhelming. Um, they had announced that this year they're going to do a digital only. And then they have now officially said that they are not going to do a show at all. Um, I, I think for me anyway, I kind of feel like this is one of those situations where it's like, it is I really feel like this is kind of exposing the need for E3 with Summer Game Fest starting in 2020, uh, the year that we went into the pandemic. It has been quite, you know, I feel that it's been pretty successful, especially with it being an only digital format. There has been no physical Summer Game Fest. It's, and we know that it's over the course of months. Um, so I'm, I'm just wondering if there's any correlation to between, you know, Summer Game Fest and, and not not only that, but just the technology and the availability and for for studios large and small to be able to reach an audience without having to go to necessarily a show like E3, if that's really kind of making E3 irrelevant, is it is it necessary to have at this point in time? And, uh, you know, I, I just don't know if say next year if e3 comes back and says all right we're gonna we're gonna do the show it's gonna be in person and digital or or whatever they they choose to do um i i it's just hard for me to 
to think that, I don't know, I guess we kind of have to see how this year plays out, what kind of mm-hmm. plans, because I feel like if Summer Game Fest did go physical, how would you do that? Because it is over the course of months. So maybe if they did something where they did it over the span of a week or or something like that. I also feel, too, one of the biggest changes for E3. E3, you know, I was talking with Davis, and it very much it used to be a closed event. It was for industry folks to go in and and network and and see these games and then and all that stuff. And then they opened it up to the public. And I feel that uh, you know, speaking with Davis, he was just like, Yeah, he was like, There's people spending majority of their times just standing in lines. Right. And and people, you know, people that's not why you go to a show like that. And that's certainly not why you go to a show if you're into industry. You want to be able to network. You want to be able to talk to the people uh, that are working on projects and 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 that stuff, and not have to worry about uh, general public just kind of cramping things up. And again, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying the general public is negative, but I feel like certain shows uh, to be open like that, or or to go from a a close to an open like that, I, I feel like it was. I, I feel like it's hurt it more than anything. What are your thoughts on it, dude? Yeah, uh, well, let me let me just start by mentioning real quick that Jeff Keighley does the Game Awards uh, and the Future Class stuff. So uh, I guess if you want to take whatever, whatever I'm going to say with a grain of salt, feel free to. Uh, but, you know, I, I definitely think that uh, the Summer Games Fest really was kind of like that nail in, in, a co- in the coffin. You know, people have said for years that E3 needed to change and evolve, you know, even pre-pandemic. Uh, when we started mm-hmm. seeing things like the Nintendo Directs kind of pop up, you know, and, and a need for that show to kind of change change how how it was being run and obviously the pandemic kind of uh emphasized a lot of things with that uh you know ryan Mm -hmm. earlier earlier this year we had talked about how we both thought it was strange that e3 made that call to go all digital really early it seemed like uh Mm -hmm. i think that was like back in like january like just after the new year uh and and so we both thought that was strange and now we're seeing the digital event get canceled look jeff's become a behemoth with with all these shows and because summer games fest lasts so long it's just like sucking the oxygen out right there's i don't know that there's really room for two shows especially at the exact same time pretty much uh and whereas summer games fest gets to have you know that branding uh, repeated over and over over the course of weeks and months you know either was just for those for that extended weekend and then it was kind of out and so you know Mm -hmm. to be honest with you like last year uh it was kind of hard to to even tell sometimes I'm like, is this part of E3 or is this part of summer games fest? Right. So like, like there isn't that, that thing to have it stand apart anymore. Uh, you know, lots of people have been saying, like I said, they needed a change. Uh, if they do come back next year, it's gotta be drastically different. It's got to, um, I mean, we both live in Las Vegas, so I might be biased in this, but like a place like Las Vegas, <laughs> I think is better suited for that. If you're going to welcome the public, because if you look at like a CES, it's allowed to spread out uh, to a lot of different properties so you don't feel cramped uh, and you can give right. people some space and time. So, I mean, there, there's got to be a lot of changes if E3 does come back. Uh, but I think this was kind of a long time coming in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Joram, I, I don't know. What is your perspective of it? I mean, especially it going from it being an industry show to it being like an open and public show. Yeah. So. I have many thoughts on on game conferences, especially because I'm I'm Europe based. So like going mm-hmm. to you know GDC or or E3 or PAX or whatever is always like it's a huge investment, especially for for indies. It's like thousands of euros to to come there and and uh, be a part of it. Um, right. So so I have thoughts on that, but I'll, I'll park it for a second. And 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 um, what I found interesting, we used to have a GDC Europe, and it was right after mm-hmm. Gamescom, and Gamescom is this like big. Uh, German um, public-focused games Mm -hmm. conference, basically. Um, And you would have Gamescom for a couple of days, and then right after would be GDC Europe, which was for developers only. So we kind of got to have both back then where we could do uh, yeah you could go to the big you know the, the the big show floor and and interact with people and 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 with just gamers and consumers uh, so to say and then you would have your your very small gdc conference to network and talk with people that you haven't seen in a while etc cetera, etc cetera. and i always mm-hmm. thought that that was a very nice combination um and then gdc europe got canceled like way back <laughs> so um <laughs> now we don't really we don't really have a lot of like bigger conferences in Europe anymore. So whenever we want to do 
you know, speak to our, our friends in the industry of to go to, to the U S. Um, yeah, I think, I think that would be, that would be a, a sensible distribution to just have sort of to make that, that distinction, as you said, um, where you have just, you know, a, a part that is consumer focused though. Also what you said, Luke is about, you know, having Nintendo direct and, and those other, you know, those newer where developers themselves or publishers themselves or platforms themselves, they go, this is everything that we want to show and we'll do it on our own terms and not pay for a giant stage and, and, and all this stuff. And that's seems to be working out fine. So maybe there's no more room for, for the big conferences with the giant blizzard stage. And, and, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's interesting that you say that too, because that's, it, it, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards is that it's kind of over, not, I, I don't want to say it's overstated. It's welcome. It just hasn't evolved in the way that others have. And it's almost lost. It's just lost its relevance, uh, especially with it not having that niche of, Hey, this is specific for industry folks with it just being open. It's, it's like many other uh, video game conferences and other conferences like that. So I wouldn't mind seeing it almost the two kind of mel- melding together and them becoming one big thing as well. And it basically, I can almost see it getting swallowed up by, by uh, 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 game fest or not game fest. Um, what, what the heck's it called? Summer games fest. Some yeah oh it is a game fest summer game fest yes and it all just being one like long event I'm still curious to see what that looks like though when they actually have a when when I guess it's more open to having uh, events and, and conferences in in physical spaces which it has I know PAX East is at the end of this month um, so there are some places and I feel like some restrictions and things have, have loosened up, but it was hard to, from the beginning of the year, uh, you know, it was a very, the, the world looked very different than what it does today. So it's so hard to navigate and say, yes, we're going to be there, but now we got to pull out because there's a new variant or something. And, you know, so it, it's really difficult to, to be able to navigate, uh, for them. So I, I, I totally, I totally feel them on or in those respects but uh yeah i I just kind of feel like e3 has has it 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 does not feel like it's necessary and and even from the digital show that that went on last year it just for me it was a little underwhelming and you and you're right it was it was hard to navigate between oh this is e3 or this is game fest i'm just like i'm I don't even know at this point in time. This is something, and it's about video games. I'm gonna go ahead and watch it. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Though I, I'm, I'm curious to see um, what next year looks like and and what that brings. Obviously, I'm getting way ahead of myself. We're only four months into this year, but I'm curious to see what their plan or strategy is, or if they just say, you know what, we're not gonna, we're no longer gonna hold uh, E3. Um, only, only time will tell. So I know that, that, that was, uh, I know, I know, uh, uh, Davis was was a little upset about it, um, and again, but he was he was talking and speaking from a, an industry standpoint. So I think that he already, with it being an open format now, um, was kind of like it's not the same E three that it was, and I think maybe that change could possibly spell their demise. Um, we'll see. We'll have to wait and see uh, how that plays out. So, uh, but we did have some other news, right, Lucas? We did. So uh, the morning of, of when we recorded, Ryan, for the second week in a row, we, we've had some news break the same day we were recorded. I love so, it. So thank you. I love it. Thank you, news, whoever <laughs> controls the video game news time releases. Just thank you. <laughs> but we had a, a, a live stream of, of some announcements from uh, Unreal. And I think obviously the biggest one that I think everyone's talking about is a new Tomb Raider is coming in unreal engine 5 and my goodness so so the most recent tomb raider games i would say have been really well received really popular uh, i remember playing uh rise of the tomb raider was the first time just being like so uh pleasantly surprised about the the direction they took in and and, and kind of the uh brutal nature of that game and so i mm-hmm. mean this is going to be a big game big title I mean, whenever this, whenever the new Tomb Raider comes out, it's going to be fantastic, uh, and you probably could not ask for a, a better game uh, to have uh, launch 
to, to, to kind of show off Unreal Engine 5. So I'm pumped. I'm excited. Uh, fingers crossed that it comes soon. <laughs> and uh, let's go, because Tomb Raider, that's a world that I love, and uh, I, I'm ready to see more of it. I don't know, Ryan, were you excited? Yeah, dude, this is this is absolutely huge. And we knew they, they announced Unreal Engine 5 uh, here a couple years ago, I want to say. And I know that developers have had the, they've had, if, if actually anybody can go in and, and before this. So it's officially a launch now. But you could have, uh, yourself, I actually went in and did it, even though I haven't messed around with it, go in and, and downloaded the beta. So you could have already been playing around uh, in this engine. But... Dude, this thing is is absolutely huge. This I, I feel with 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 people building in this engine. I mean, you can see the the graphics and and it's the lighting, the every like it looks absolutely stunning. And I am so excited to to see what games are are created and and what they can do and really pushing this engine uh to the limit i think it's going to be fantastic again this is epic games so you know epic games from uh fortnite and all that good stuff uh this is their engine so they i mean they've got uh, th- i mean unreal engine 4 so many games have been built uh in that so this is just that next iteration and i mean we saw the uh uh uh, Matrix, uh, what was it? Uh, not reawoken uh, or awakened. Yeah, so we saw that. That was an example of what what could be done. And that project actually, um, that and I believe it's an FPS game are available uh, to go in and tinker around with as mm-hmm. project files when you download uh, this engine. So that gives you a nice base. This is fantastic. Um, I, I just can't. I, I'm. This is. I, I think personally with it officially officially uh being out i think this is huge i'm ready to see what games and and just the fact that they're they're talking about a tomb raider uh in this engine i i don't even know it's going to be absolutely gorgeous so this is i mean for me this is huge news this is huge news uh Jorm, i i don't know do you guys would you guys mess around in on uh unreal engine 5 have you played around with it at all yeah definitely um so we did develop our last game in in unity and we'll probably stay on uh unity as a company um <laughs> and actually our, our programmer is making his own engine framework um oh. from scratch so <laughs> but that's more for like like, like side projects and and smaller games because it's just much much faster to get them out on in in his own framework and then for the titles uh will probably stay on on unity um but i personally have at least checked out you know you have to you have to take a look (laughs) right Uh, right exactly I've, i've checked out um unreal engine and especially uh lumen is just so so impressive like um you can get similar results in unity like with mm-hmm. especially with the new render pipeline like hrp you can get close to it but it's a lot of work and then in unreal it's more <laughs> like you know just toss some lights in there and and you get all your your uh, ambient occlusion and, and stuff not for free right. i want to say but it's 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 a much lower barrier of entry um on the development side though the specs required to run your game you know they kind of go up uh, with it as right. well, but you know that's that's the the way off that you do, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which and 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 you know, as they start developing these games and these new engines and and you know, utilizing that power and and technology um, to be able to run them, you're going to have to increase and and make sure that you have the correct equipment to be able to run that stuff as well. And and obviously with chip shortages and uh, you know other things, you know, it's going to be a weird balance as these games start coming out. And if people aren't able to make those those kinds of upgrades now you 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 end up putting it or getting yourself into a situation where you've got these games that nobody can play because they can't get the equipment to be able to run them that would be super frustrating yeah (laughs) this is crazy sorry go ahead go ahead yeah if you look at the the um so you have this team hardware survey where they just check out you know what what everybody's still running um Mm -hmm. most players are still on like a gtx 1060 that is that like the baseline mm. graphics card right now so you know anything too intense 
um, yeah, people are just not going to be able to run it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have exploding computers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what a this is a huge step, and really a lot of it too is is in that the lighting and effects and just the realism of the assets that you can bring in and and utilize. I mean, well, and the other thing too, you guys uh, uh, is that. You know, Unreal isn't used just for games. In, uh, Unreal Engine is also used for film uh, a lot of time and, and is heavily. So there's this this hybrid, like this thing is going to be, this is, it's just really exciting. Just seeing these models and, and just seeing, I mean, like we're literally getting a glimpse into what the future of gaming and what games are going to be looking like and just how realistic they have and are getting is absolutely crazy. I, I'm dude. I'm so excited for Tomb Raider. I want I want everybody telling me, and I want to know all the games that are coming out that are being developed in Unreal because because it's going to be absolutely fire. I imagine uh, is is Starfield being developed in uh, Unreal Five? I feel like it might be, but I could also be making that up. I could also be making that up. Uh, it would be a shame if they didn't. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, there's other comparable things, but yeah, that that's clean. And again, this is a huge boon uh, for Epic Games as well. You know, they they have their. This is one of their successful things, and something that they are known for uh, is this engine. So for it to be fully released, people can go out, they can get their hands on it. There's projects uh, in there, so you can tinker around and see how things were built. I'm really excited to see what people. create create uh not only large studios but but on on a smaller end too because they make it available for everybody anybody yep. can go and download you can go right now and download it go download it check it out uh it, it's gonna be dope so uh yeah I, I i'm really excited about this it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome i am gonna make a uh, a public plea uh man please don't let the matrix awakens be it make a full game like like the reception to that demo was so good (laughs) like like, Mm -hmm. don't stop there don't stop there come on do it for me yeah do it for me somebody do it do it (laughs) do it for lucas you heard him you heard him all right (laughs) i need more matrix in my life Yeah, dude, you know, I, and you're going to be so disappointed in me, but I totally still haven't seen that last one yet. I haven't done. I have not been able to bring myself to do it, dude. <laughs> not only, I will. Not only have I seen it in theaters, I, I already own it. Like I already bought it. <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. Uh, yeah, but let you know, what, let's take a quick commercial break and then we're coming back. Speaking with Yoram, everything they've got going on at Yellow Cake. We'll be right back, guys. If you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On, and on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to the short messages. And now comes the fun part of the episode. And first of all, congratulations on the launch of Dashing Dodgems. Just coming out just this past Monday on the Nintendo Switch. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait to dive into this game with friends because it looks like just just so much crazy fun. So let me me just start there. I mean, 
launch week, I imagine, has to be an exciting and 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 nerve wracking time. But how is how how did launch go so far? So so launch kind of weird because um, <laughs> <laughs> we we've been done with the game for uh, I think maybe two months or more. Um, mm. And we we celebrated back then, like that was our big like when we passed um, like lot check, so it's like certification for Nintendo. Um, we were like, we're done, and then we celebrated, and then we had like this whole path towards release, which is kind of much less stressful, and and um, you're you're less occupied with with the actual game, and um, mm. you know everything is already set up way before launch too so except for some little right. things that we had to fix last minute but otherwise it's kind of like this 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 date that just passes and like all your social media is done automatically and and the store <laughs> is done on it so you just kind of sit back and watch it happen <laughs> um so that was kind of weird um because you expect this big emotional moment but it's just kind of it just happens and you're you're, you're excited that it all works out um but it, that was kind of underwhelming, and then like people start congratulating you on the release. Like I, I, I know a lot of people from um, I, I studied game design, right? So a lot of people are mm-hmm. in the industry now who I kind of look up to, and they, you know, they they send you DMs and they go, "Hey, congrats on the release!" and retweet your stuff, and you know, and that was really rewarding. That that kind of um, deluge of you know people reaching out and um, yeah, you know that that, that kind of recognition and then you know seeing people uh on youtube kind of playing it and and unfortunately there's not many streamers for local multiplayer uh on nintendo switch it's very niche <laughs> mm-hmm. so um but on nintendo we or on on youtube we, we we you know we saw some videos of people playing it and then that, that's just very rewarding Absolutely. Yeah, and and looking at it too, though, is you know, it, it, you know what it reminds me of? It, it kind of reminds me of uh, it reminds me of Micro Machines. Yeah. Uh, is what it reminds me. <laughs> but like the the fact that and 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 here's the thing too, because I'm curious, what what made you guys say, you know what, we're gonna let's let's release this on Switch, um, and and. What was like the big draw, I guess, uh, to to push for releasing on the Switch? Yeah, so there's uh, a number of reasons. So first of all, um, PC for like we're we're super tiny. There's only three of us, so it's mm-hmm. it's, it's Lance, uh, Kashnitz, Victor Trishin, and then me. Um, and we work part time, so we only work two days in in the week on on yellow cake games and then the other days we just have other steady jobs, right? So right. we knew we had to make something like super tiny. And um, this also being our, our, our debut title, or our bigger debut title, I should say, um, we also knew that we weren't going to have a lot of like social media traction and, and, and stuff like that. And competing on PC with those factors is almost undoable for indie, I would say, these days. Because mm-hmm. um, that, that, that whole like Steam is pretty broken and Epic Games bit better and then xbox game pass pretty cool but then you kind of need this you know that that whole contract with uh, with microsoft um right. so that already pushed us towards consoles and then we just kind of looked at like you know where do you where do people play local multiplayer like what is a space where that is being done a lot and that is not so popular at least on the other consoles absolutely unpopular on pc like nobody gathers their friends and sits behind a PC to play local multiplayer, right? Right. So that kind of naturally brought us to Nintendo Switch, which is a console that already comes with two Joy-Cons. So you can always, you know, just give a Joy-Con to another, to like a friend and right. say, hey, let's play a game. And uh, so that was quite, it was like a supernatural fit um, <clears throat> once we figured that out. And then, you know, we were also just very excited to be able to put a game on Nintendo because we're all it's just super Nintendo fans, like retro gamers. And yeah. So that was just <laughs> kind of also for us, right? To be like, oh man, we have a game out on Nintendo. Um, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that all just came together uh, perfectly. And uh, yeah, that, that, super exciting. <laughs> you know, in my mind, it's it's a it's a great fit because you know when I think of Nintendo, I think of of like Mario Kart sessions and Super Smash sessions and a lot of those mm-hmm. games that that were more fun if you gathered everyone around the TV, you know, and, and played on the couch. And so 
uh, I, I've always been curious when you're approaching a multiplayer game like this, what are the, like, what do you think about, like, what do you, what are those ingredients that you think make a truly memorable uh, experience that people are going to just love playing with friends over and over again? Yeah. So um, there's a lot of things again. <laughs> um, so one of the things that that's been very fun on this project is that because we work so closely together, all three of us have our takes on, on design and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so it's been very much just us figuring out what works. Um, and then there's a couple of things that, you know, that, I think that that work, um, which is like physicality. So if you're, you know, if you're sat on the couch together, uh, you kind of have this thing where you can kind of nudge someone in real space, <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody does something on the uh, on the TV. So, um, and I believe that if you have a certain physicality in what's happening on the screen, then you'll you'll you know people will mirror that in in real life. So that's why we kind of have this. It's very physical, like there's no ranged weapons or shooting something. It's all very, very physical to kind of get people to also be, you know, not in a violent way, but to be kind of physical. You know, that's definitely something that we really, you know, um, designed towards from the from the beginning to have it like be really um, physical and, um, and I think high pacing works really well. Like we have very short games. So a typical mm-hmm. free for all game will last you like not even a minute. Um, and that also, if you have like a bigger group of friends, you can kind of swap the control around regularly or, um, you know, it, it doesn't become too taxing. Um, like if you have a longer, like super smash, I play a bunch of that. If you have like mm-hmm. a long game with like seven players on Hyrule Temple, like you just get fatigued after one or two <laughs> yeah. games, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, but if you have the shorter games, like if it's smaller stages and you have a couple of like good players and you have like sh- many shorter games, then you can kind of keep playing Smash all evening. So that's also something right. that we kind of balance towards to have these short games that people can just kind of keep playing, see the different levels and, and different game modes and stuff. Well, and, and, and tell our listeners to give us give us a little bit of, of exactly, you know, what the game is about, what you're trying to accomplish, uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, so Dashing Dodgeons is a local multiplayer battle arena game um in which you compete with your friends to kind of be the last like in our main game mode at least uh, to be the last dodge and driving around so you kind of bump these other players into the water and the last person to not be in the water wins um and then everything in the environment is destructible so you drive through houses and through bushes and and well you see it in the <laughs> in the video right there um <laughs> and and you can kind of like bump each other um to to knock each other into the water basically and then we also have a game mode where you have this big spotlight um shining down i don't don't know if you guys probably played some games with uh, king of the hill type mechanics right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like that but the 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 hill just moves around all the time so you're kind of chasing that hill and bumping each other out of that that circle um and then it's about you know collecting points and, and whoever gets to the point cap first wins um, nice. and that's it. And, and it's like you said, we're, we're really trying to, to, to hit that point where you go, Ooh, this is like micro machines, or this is like super smash, or this is like, you know, this other multiplayer game that I've played in the past and that I really liked. Um, and I'll probably mm-hmm. also like this because, you know, those are kind of the ingredients that we, <laughs> that we threw in. Um, yeah. You know, I'm curious because, uh, Obviously, this this isn't your first game. You guys made Stay Safe, uh, which looks like, by the way, a really intriguing uh, roguelike there. What brought you guys to want to create uh, Dashing Dodgeons from there? What was that process? Yeah, so interestingly, we started on Dashing before Stay Safe was started. Um, (laughs) So I mentioned before that our our programmer, uh, Lance, he made his own framework slash engine. And um, at some point... We 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 like we had done like the first stage of a different project that I can't talk about, but um, and then um, we couldn't really continue on that project, so we decided to make Dashing Dodgems as a kind of smaller game, and then we kind of needed a break from doing Dashing Dodgems um, for several reasons that I also won't talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we decided to kind of uh, or. Uh, not go apart, but kind of take a break from Dashing Dodgeons, uh, at least. And then in that time, Lance started doing, like, just started making Stay Safe, um, mainly with our uh, other artist, Victor. Um, and they made most of that 
game. And I did some commercial jobs on the side uh, during that time. Um, and then I came back and I did some illustration work for the game. So like some of the splash screens and, and like some promotional images. But I was not super highly like involved with uh, with Stay Safe, but it was kind of like to take a break from dashing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then we came back to dashing with like renewed energy and focus. And then we just kind of, you know, had a really nice development time uh, after that. Um, and then, yeah, and, and also like lands getting Stay Safe ready um, and, and released on Nintendo Switch 2 meant that he had a lot of experience like with the, the, the logic process and the other processes for getting something on right. Nintendo Switch. And that really helped us get through that process with Dashing Dodgeons as well. So it was kind of like a trial, um, trial run in that sense. So yeah, the, the, the order there is a bit... It's a bit weird. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not sequential, but but yeah. not many things are. I feel like. Uh, let me ask. You said it's three of you guys uh, over at Yellow Cakes. How did you guys uh, get involved with each other and 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 kind of tell us that that beginnings? How Yellow Cake uh, basically came together. Yeah, so um, interesting story. So so Lance and Victor actually studied together at the Utrecht School of the Arts. Um, and they, they actually had a very successful, uh, game project there that, that won like a bunch of like student awards, um, and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and they were part of a bigger group, but they were like the only ones that really wanted to, you know, buckle down and, and start a company and start developing that project. Um, and they needed more people basically. And, and. Um, so Lance came to work at the school that I work at, like also after, after you said, um, and we were, you know, sat talking in the, in the, like the teacher's lounge and, um, he was like, yeah, I just want, I want to get this game out. And he did, it did. And he showed me some stuff and he was like, and I was like, okay, um, what are you looking for? And he was like, well, I really need someone to do like UI design and, and, and like, we don't have a 2D artist. And then, you know, it'd be nice to just have someone who can fill all these little gaps that we, um, right. that we have. And uh, I was, I just said, I can do that. <laughs> 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 and um, yeah, and, and he was said, oh, okay, well, you know, Let's talk about that. And then we had a lot of conversations, um, the three of us. Uh, we met up a couple of times and um, we, we got a contract ready and, and decided to do, you know, to do this thing. Um, and then we tried first to do pre-production on that, that, that bigger project, um, but decided that that was too big for three people to do in two days in the week. So that's when we right. did like a game jam at my house. Uh, that's when... Um, when we came up with Dashing Dodgeons and we made a like a game jam prototype, that was pretty fun. And so we decided to carry that forward. And uh, here we are, four years later. <laughs> <laughs> where do you see a Yellow Cake kind of evolving? Like, like where would you like to see the studio in, in say, five years from now? Well, that's a tough question because the world is so weird right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're just really happy to have uh, Dashing out um right now we're still kind of riding that that high that we're not looking mm-hmm. forward too much yet we're kind of looking at how well it does to see like maybe other platforms for dashing or whatever like like a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made are kind of dependent on how well it does on this platform mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i don't think we're going to grow a lot like our our thing is is definitely doing smaller colorful fun um titles um so we'll, we'll definitely keep doing doing that um yeah possibly working with a publisher in the future um if we can <laughs> well well let me ask them because uh you know you you guys have done a roguelike obviously you've got this great multiplayer game coming out is there a genre that you personally would love to, to uh step into someday like me personally or us personally as yellow cake games that is if you personally a little could, bit of could a get, if you could convince the team to jump into a genre, which one would it be? I like like um, very narrative experience driven, closely depressing games. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been uh, so for the past week, I've been playing um, Death Stranding and Death's Door. 
like oh, <laughs> like, man. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah so so what we're making and 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 what i like as a person there's like i said there's a bit of a a, a difference there though i i mean i also play a lot of smash and i play a lot of party games so you know there's there's mm-hmm. um there's overlap there obviously um but if i could f- convince the game to or if I could pitch anything and convince us to to do anything, it'd probably be something pretty close to like Death Store. So like this this um, sort of fun hack and slash RPG type game, uh, but with very strong like world building and 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 narrative undertones that that you can choose to engage with, but can also just ignore and hack and slash your way through through enemies. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Did, let me ask, going back to uh, uh, Dashing Dodgems, do you guys have any, and I know that it just released, so I don't know if it's even something that you guys are thinking about, uh, but like for, for the future of that game, do you have you guys even thought about maybe adding, adding more levels, adding uh, different things like maybe in a DLC, and then also possibly opening it up to being... Um, online multiplayer yeah definitely um kind of have to think about what i can i cannot say about these things uh, <laughs> there's always like stuff hanging above your head but what i can say is that we have very specific internal like triggers you could say like you know code trigger um mm-hmm. but like certain numbers of sales will will trigger us to um do certain things or to not do certain things like like making more levels or more dlc there's a lot of stuff that's been in pre-production or even that's been prototyped or partially built in the past couple of years that we couldn't get up to our standards but that's there and then if we decide hey there's there's enough interest in this game basically um to you know, justify the costs of, of of getting those up to our standards. Then, then we can engage with that and and release that as DLC, um, mm-hmm. or or release that as an, as a new feature. Um, but like I said, it's very dependent on how it how it does. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm totally. I'm getting this. I'm gonna mop my daughter up <laughs> with this game. I, absolutely. I, I just love the fact that it's 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 couch co op. Uh, I feel like. Uh, that that genre just has I feel like it's kind of gets neglected a little bit and people forget about that. So to be able to have something like this, I remember I used to do stuff like this all the time where we'd have a bunch of people over and we'd have like a little party and we'd literally just do like Mario Party like tournament or, you know, yeah. these crazy these crazy things. There's so much that you can do uh, with stuff like that. And then you get to enjoy it with people, uh, you know, kind of like you're saying, you're you're sitting there, you're able to physically nudge them and give them a little give them a little mess. Uh as far as with that so this is this game is totally up my alley <laughs> excellent, excellent. yeah and, and it's so good that we that we can do those types of things again now um it's definitely been weird mm-hmm. developing a game that has that during the pandemic when nobody was allowed to visit each other's houses and there were no events right. to to you know uh to test this at um that's been weird we were very for a while we were pretty worried about you know Oh shit, what if we're we're done with the game? But you know, there's still like super tight lockdown measures and nobody's allowed to visit anyone else then we'd be right. and now I think we're we're also hitting just a very sweet spot with our release where just everything's kind of like starting to open up again or is opening up again and and that's when we, you know, get to bring this uh to people and where they, you know, can visit each other again and play this local multiplayer game. So that's been pretty fortunate. Yo, for or sure. At least I, for- I, I, I assume so. I haven't looked at any sales numbers yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. you know, it's funny too, because because I, uh, it, it just made me remember, like when I play Mario Kart, I'm like the guy that's like like turning while I'm turning, like steering, like like I'm like leaning from side to side. <laughs> it totally helps. It totally helps. Like, you cannot convince me that it doesn't. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, you know, we I think that that a lot of us have so many fond memories of, of these uh just just me- amazing multiplayer experiences there. What do you hope people feel when they're playing this? Like what will make this the next kind of essential multiplayer game for them? Hmm, good question. Um I just have to think back on on, on so we we managed to do one uh, event before the pandemic hit, and there were these uh, these younger kids, and and um, they were playing our game and and having a bit of fun, and and then they left, 
you know, to, to, to play at some other booths. And they came back and played another game and then left very shortly and came back and started really getting into it. We were like, okay, <laughs> these same kids again. And then they started calling their friends like, hey, yes. <laughs> come over to this booth and play this game with us. And I don't know, something about their age and their enthusiasm reminded me of lugging out around my my, my Xbox back in the day and playing like split screen Halo with my friends, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. And you, you'd go over to someone else's house. And, and I just really hope that we kind of bring those experiences to people where they just get, you know, they play it maybe with a couple of friends and then get excited and go, dude, come over and play this game because um, it's funny as hell. Um that would be very, very successful for us. And and as I mentioned, like the physical thing, if you see people actually like nudging each other and screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a play test with a bigger group of my friends the other day. And they were just shouting at the TV. <laughs> and I was just sat there like recording with my phone going, yeah, this is it. This is <laughs> strife between my friends. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, that, that's 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 kind of what we're what we're looking for um, to have people just really be engaged with the game and uh, yeah. Well, and you mentioned to you that a lot of this, you know, you got are developing this during the pandemic. Um, what what did it look like? How was the process for you when you were trying when you guys were trying to uh, get the game tested out and and going through those steps? Was it different than a typical than typically? Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> so, um, like, obviously, now you see me sitting in this this very nice big studio that we um, that we got. But we bought this house like last year, um, mm-hmm. or we've been living here since last year, November, I should say. Um, before that, I lived in like a super tiny apartment, um, and you know, as you can tell, my girlfriend also works on. You know, she's a freelancer, so she also works from home. So we had these two workstations in our super tiny apartment. We just had a kid, and it was just juggling all of that um, for most of the beginning of of, um, of dashing dodgems. Um, that was before even the pandemic, I believe. Which is, you know, but that was all just straight work from home. And then, right. you know, we, at some point we were like, oh man, this is really hard to do for all three of us. Cause the, the other guys also don't have like giant houses or anything. Right. So they were also mm-hmm. struggling with their own workspaces. And, um, so we decided to get an office and there's this organization in the Netherlands, like an incubator sort of, uh, called Dutch mm-hmm. game garden. And they rent out these office spaces to, to game companies. Right. Um, oh. so we decided to rent that and we got the keys to our office space on april 1st which was the exact date that like the heavy lockdown restrictions started oh my goodness <laughs> like mm-hmm. on that day the dutch government was like hey everybody has to work from home and you don't get buy a new office so that was kind of disappointing and then we we um well, we did pivot to um you know, as far as that was possible, like weaving, I, I lugged my PC from the office back to my house. It's just all Oof. the time with these restrictions changing all the time. And, um, but that, you know, we had that office for, um, I think about a year or exactly a year, I think. Um, and that was definitely like where, where production really took off. Mm-hmm. And mm. then, um, towards the end of, of, of production, um, we decided to go back to working from home because, you know, the office wasn't really paying for itself, so to say. Um, right. So we kind of had to go back to, to work from home and also situation changed for all three of us where we, you know, kind of were looking forward to having a bit more space in our own houses. Um, so we were able to, you know, transfer to a more comfortable version of working from home. And in that setting, we finished out the, the game, but it was a lot of, a lot of switching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely uh, uh, interesting times for sure. Again, uh, Dashem Dodgem is out. I said Dashem Dodgem, didn't I? Yeah, the, the, the alliteration really messes up a lot of people on the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> it's out right now. On Nintendo Switch, uh, uh, tell us again where can people uh, find you? Find Yellow Cake uh, Games and and everything that you guys got going on. Yeah, so um, it's on the eShop. So if you search for Dashing Dodgems on the Nintendo eShop, you'll find it. You can also um, check out everything on DashingDodgems.com, which is the website you see before you right now. 
Uh, you can also check out our game company's website, which is yellowcakegames.com. Um, and then, you know, we have Twitter and Discord, but you can all find that through uh, through our websites. So I think that's the easiest right there. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to play the game. I'm telling you, I'm going to whoop up on my daughter uh, here here uh, uh, probably tonight. So thank you thank again you so, much. so much for joining us. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I do. Yes. I do have one question to sneak in here. And this is this is the important one. So you, you, you better be careful how you answer this one. <laughs> if you played 10 rounds of, of just the main the main uh, uh, game type there, Dashing Dodgems, which one of, of you or your, your fellow developers at Yellow Cake, who's winning the most rounds? <laughs> I would have to say that's Victor. Uh, probably. Is is like the the I don't know he he, he Dashing Dodgems isn't a tactical game but uh-huh. he plays it kind of <laughs> tactically he does these things <laughs> where yeah I, I'd have to give it to Victor <laughs> you know there it is Victor wins um, thank you thank you again Yoram for, you for coming on we really appreciate it absolutely uh lucas what do you got going on this weekend my friend uh like i said it's gonna be kirby weekend and uh i i am i'm ready to to jump into dashing as well i think uh yes i (laughs) my girlfriend knows this i don't let anybody win so she just better be ready (laughs) because i can't Mm -hmm. i am incapable of letting somebody else win i don't care if it's a little kid or my girlfriend so (laughs) i i will have to just come out on top <laughs> what about you, Ryan? What are you up to? It's funny because I have the I have the same way. It's like you better bring your A game because I am not gonna take it easy. I can't. I can't. I just can't. I physically cannot. Like my body won't allow me to let somebody else just win uh, without me trying. So, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll smash up on them uh, once I pick this up. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try it uh, try it out tonight when they get home and and we'll get it going and stuff like that. Other than that, though, does uh, I think the same old rigmarole. I do have some, uh, uh, excuse me, some some shoots that I have uh, going on. So it's going to be a busy uh, week for me, but probably get back into scum, do some Destiny 2, play some, some dashing dodgems, and, uh, and call it a week. So uh, it should be good. Anyway, we hope you guys have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget, hit us up on the tweeters at Land Parties Pod, at Lucas Egan, or at Smitty2447. We hope you guys have amazing rest of your week. And you know what it is. We love your faces. 